Hello everybody and welcome to Two Geeks and One Noob, where we gather friends of similar interests and maybe not so similar and discuss, joke, learn more about, and generally have fun with geek culture. Today we're talking about yet another thing I have no clue about. Uh, <laughs> Pokemon. Pokemon. Pikachu! Well, you know something. I, I can do voices. <laughs> <laughs> this is something that David played when he was younger and not so much now. Eh, I still now. play to an absurd amount, and then David <laughs> or Dan has no experience. Yeah. I still play it a little bit. I had to return my Pikachu clock that I got for Christmas, so... <laughs> Oof. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, wrong... That, that was... I'm sorry, that was wrong. Oof. There we go. <laughs> uh, so, what is it about Pokemon <laughs> games, guys? Po uh, we're talking about Pokemon games, right? Or yes. mostly yes. that? Okay. Most of the games. Okay. The games is, I think, where most people got their start. And then kind of like... Some people probably started with the cartoons. So it's like it's 50-50 between either the games or the cartoon, I guess. Um, it's like they're just fun games and just like all of the different designs for the Pokemon and mm. like being yep. able to build your team, catch everything. And it's like that the classic catch them all. Like you got to catch them all. <laughs> <laughs> yep. um, got to catch them all. It's, Though I it will is say nowadays a grindy sucks. game. Yes, it's it's very much a grindy game. Nowadays it sucks if you're a completionist because there's almost a thousand Pokemon. Mm, so. 880. I think they're over the 900 mark now. Are you talking with the new ones coming out or? I think so, yeah. Oh, wow. They're reaching for that that four number, uh, four four digit number. Four digit Pokedex. <laughs> I don't think they are because they, they've had multiple games where they could have easily. So they're at 905 now. Okay. Um, they've had multiple games where they could have easily crossed that 1000 mark. But they then they just decided, no, we're only going to introduce like. 10 or 15 new Pokemon and then bring back a bunch of old Pokemon. I was like, oh, can you throw new ones? <laughs> I want new designs. I've been playing with these for a while. I want new ones. <laughs> I will say, so there is one part of, of Pokemon that I've always found uh, intriguing is like the different levels of, of the Pokemon. Like, they got their baby form, their mm. next form, the their next form. form, and yeah. then the adult form. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, like, they've always done, like, parodies of that where you know different characters or cartoon characters they did that with and it was just like oh yeah that's kind of cool and then i look back at some of the other ones it's like okay i can see how people could get into that yeah, <laughs> yeah. well it's just like the fun of being able to like especially if you like strategy trying to like come up with the teams and like what team is going to work here which pokemon do i really like and one on the team do they fit in any of these gyms mm -hmm. it's yep. just like the fun of like and you can like build your team of literally whatever pokemon you want and and just go into a gym. It's like they may not be very effective in that gym, but you can make a team of whatever you want. Right. Yep. So I always kind of imagined it kind of playing like Zelda a little bit, but I guess it's not really mm -hmm. that no. No. kind of thing. It, it is semi-open world like Zelda is, but like you're catching Pokemon, you have your team, you go and it like you don't have it like Zelda where you're just running around and you can like fight things as you're running around. And it's like just this one seamless thing. Yep. Pokemon, it goes into a, a, a encounter or an interaction with that wild Pokemon or the trainer, and you go into the battle sequence, and that's where it has the still screen with you looking at your Pokemon from behind and looking at the other trainer and their Pokemon, and then you select right. your moves, and they go through the battle animation. So, okay, it's it's um, I guess it would be more in kin to like Final Fantasy, like some of the older Final Fantasy games, with right, like the right, turn based. Right. 
combat gotcha. system. Yeah. Okay. Though I will also say in the overworld, it's actually more of a Metroidvania where as you progress, as you, you build out your Pokedex or your party, you have more skill sets, which then allow you to explore other areas of the overworld map. Okay. Yeah. Up till this point, there's always been some sort of like wall that would prevent you from accessing certain areas. So it's like in the older games, they had HMs that were like moves that you had to use to be able to do certain things. So for example, surf, surf, you're going to surf on the yep. water. Or and strength, it, you a Pokemon that can use strength will push heavy boulders out of the way so that you can get into a new area that was blocked by the boulder, stuff like that. Right, so right. It's, um, they always had that gate in Sword and Shield, the uh, most recent game. They didn't have that. Well, the most recent mainline game. Yeah. Um, they didn't have that. They had it more to where there was just someone saying, like, you can't access this area until you've completed these challenges. And yeah. so it's just someone standing there at, a gen- uh, at the bridge, and it's like, sorry, you can't go this way yet. Is is the first time where they're opening it up to where it's completely open world, and you can go to oh, any wow. gym in any order that you want. Up to this point, it's always been a set order where it's like, okay, you go, f- you're in this starter town, you go to the next big town. Sometimes you'll have a gym in the next big town. Other times that's just a hub and you maybe have a gym there, but you have to come back to it later. And then you go on to the next city for the ne- for your first gym badge and so on. Which they sort of have been doing since, I think it was, uh, again, black and white. We were talking before the show a little bit of how that one kind of broke the mold a little bit. It was still very formulaic, but there were hub cities in, in those games. And that's the first I remember seeing them. No, red and blue had a red blue and yellow had a hub city where that first town that you go to from pallet town has a gym but you can't that's the final gym in the game so you have to come back to it at the end of the game after you've beaten the other seven gyms oh i'm talking about major cities where there's not a gym there are there have been multiple um in um red and blue there was one city i'm forgetting the name of it I don't remember the name of the city in red blue and yellow but there's one city that didn't have a gym you just went there for a specific story progression and then you would move on okay and then um i take that back no i don't i don't think there was actually a, a hub in red and blue uh that didn't have a gym in it thinking about it but that's something that's been around for a little while i think you may be right that black and white may have been the first one i, I can't so. remember because it's been a while since i played third gen it's been a while it's been a while <laughs> um, <laughs> i haven't played third gen since they did the remakes uh before sun and moon or around the time of sun and moon no, yeah. it, was, it was before sun and moon because they went from the megas and that one to z moves and yep. sun and moon yeah um but that's something that's become a little bit more common just because it's it's nice to have that world where it's just like you go to this city there's the shops that you can get there may be some trainers that you can interact with but it's like it's there mostly just to like progress some of the story and then you kind of move on yeah um so tell me what the uh the significance is of the like the names of of the games like you're talking about Pokemon Blue and Red and White and, and the names Black. per se don't have a ton of significance with the exception of a handful. Most mm-hmm. of them like Red, Blue, and Yellow. Well, I guess they did have a significance actually. The three legendary birds. Yep. And so like yeah, it's usually tied to the legendaries in some way. Okay. In most so of even them. like so, the sword yeah. and shield and stuff yeah. like that. So like, like red, blue, and yellow was tied to the three mythical birds. So it was like Moltres is a fire bird, Zapdos is a lightning mm-hmm. bird, and then Articuno is an ice bird. And yep. then gold and silver had a gold bird and a silver bird, and then um uh, Ruby Emerald. and Sapphire yeah. had Oh, Sapphire. Yeah, Sorry. Ruby and Sapphire had 
like the water Kyogre and ground Groudon is like red and blue. And so it's always tied to the legendaries and like what you pointed out with sword and shield, the two legendaries from the games, one gets a hold, has a hold item of the rusted shield and it makes his, it's like a dog that basically has like a lion mane, but it's oh, okay. a metallic shield that he uses to bash into enemies. Nice. And then the other one actually has a sword in its mouth and just swings that. <laughs> to yeah. So it's always tied to mother. The... I crave violence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much accurate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and yeah Sun, and it's always Moon, tied. Sun and Moon was also tied to the legendaries. Right. Where, yeah. Yeah. The Zoid, for the sun <laughs> yep. and then the the moon bat for moon so yeah it's, it's always tied to the legendaries in some way cool so for me like just collecting all of the pokemon was always something i really enjoyed i think i've completed the pokedex in every one of the games i've played jeez oh, and so it's like with the exception of like legends arceus it's time consuming but not difficult especially nowadays because like, i can transfer a lot of the old pokemon up to the new game Mm-hmm. So if there's some exclusives that I can't get in one version, they're only in another version. It's like, ha, beat the system. I transferred it from an old game. <laughs> yep. um, uh, which system do you nor- uh, do you consistently play on? Is it? So- it's it's always on Nintendo. Nintendo. So yeah. the Pokemon games are always Nintendo. Yeah. Okay. With the exception so, like, of the Pokemon Go on the phone. Probably. Right. 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 Yeah. Um, so like, is it always upgrading to like? I know you have like the Nintendo Switch, mm-hmm. um, but like pre-switch did you play on, on like so it's the like nintendo 64 the, the, there was start on game boy it, it was always game the boy, yeah. portable game um yeah. okay like the only right. pokemon game that they had on 64 was pokemon stadium which is fantastic mm-hmm. great game and pokemon snap and i don't remember the third one. Uh, it was the pikachu one. Oh, was it the like safari or something like that uh something like that where basically uh, what was it look at you pikachu i think i can't remember I never it, played that it's one. It's one where you, it, it had a microphone attachment for the controller, mm. and you actually interact. It was basically a um, a Digipet or a Tamagotchi through your N64 uh, okay. that you could somewhat vocally interact with. Yeah. I never played that one, and I didn't have any friends that played that one, so I don't remember Once anything the about guys it. Who played that didn't have any friends, so <laughs> you're good. Valid point. <laughs> I, I never played Snap. I understood why it was popular. It was never my thing. I, it was just not my thing at all. Pokemon Stadium is fire. If yes. I could, I would get a Nintendo sixty four just to play Pokemon Stadium today. Nice. Like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like it's such a good fun game. And the cool thing with Pokemon Stadium too was it had the pack at the back that you could put into the back of the sixty four control and put your Game Boy pokemon game cartridge into that and pull in your pokemon from your game and use them in battles in pokemon stadium so it's like such a cool little concept gotta Um, love those like the um cross play kind of stuff yeah they they it was also a way to like have a battle with your friends without needing a link cable (laughs) (laughs) yep oh my gosh yeah, the link cables were not fun. Like, I've still got my link cable at home. I feel like I need to put it in a Dropbox just to remember the old times. <laughs> yep. I just remember playing, like, Tetris with that. <laughs> it was like, oh. Yeah. Thinking about that now, just like, oh. And it's like you had to make the sacrificial choice of, do I do a link cable or do I do the light attachment so I can actually see the screen? Right. <laughs> Or do you go full on Mad Cats and build it into this massive mecha thing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just remember the old days on the road for family trips, and it's just like only taking a few steps at a time, waiting for the streetlights to come by in the car. So. Yep. <laughs> yep. 
many a road trips passing the Game Boy back and forth, waiting for uh, uh, waiting for turns on on worms. <laughs> <laughs> See, I could never play Game Boy on on road trips because I always got carsick. Mm. It was a it was a huge bummer See, for that, me. <laughs> that's funny. Like I get carsick when reading, but I never got carsick with video games. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I've heard that, and I've heard the inverse too. Yeah. So anyway, it's kind of funny. Like. So my first experience with Pokemon, I randomly got it for my birthday one year when I was in like third grade, fourth grade, something like that. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, that was my first time getting to play the game. So because I'd been watching the show and loved it and I had the Pokemon cards and then I like dove into the game. And then my sister got the a different version of the Pokemon game for her birthday later. And then my other sister got another game. And so it's like, that was kind of like when it all started. And then they stopped playing. And I was like, I'm just going to take these now. <laughs> the hand-me-down cartridges. <laughs> I, I wanted them. And they weren't oh, playing. Yeah. So like, Absolutely. Yeah. But the collecting is always definitely, I think, the big thing. And being able to do the battling. like yeah. Especially if yeah. I have friends that I can battle against. And just like, it's kind of fun to just build a random competitive team. Mm. And just goof around with that. Yeah. Yep. That's basically how it was in the uh, growing up for me, where it's just build your team, whoever you like, and then just link up with a friend and duke it out. I just remembered there is a town in red and blue that did not have a gym, Lavender Town. You just oh, have the ghost right. tower. You're right. <clears throat> I okay. had that in the back of my mind thinking about it and processing <laughs> while we were talking. <laughs> I was like, no, I know there's one there. <laughs> Random moments of shower thoughts with Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> That's multi- that rewind. That's multitasking. I was thinking about that the whole time we've been talking. So for the past 15 minutes, I've still had that thought in the back of my head. You are a talented man. Uh- <laughs> Doing the battles is always fun. You just like pick your favorites. And me and my sister, it's something that's become really popular on YouTube. But me and my sister were actually doing this before it started happening on YouTube, not even thinking about it. It's basically battleship Pokemon battles. Oh, yeah. It's just like, all right, pick a random square in the box, and that's my Pokemon. And we would, like, text back and forth and each pick six Pokemon for each oh, other randomly awesome. and go into the battle. And it's like, all right, cool. I have a Mewtwo, and I have a level one Mankey. Let's see how this goes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Cool. Yeah. And my first exposure with the game was actually a, po- a Pokemon Pinball. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and then was uh, it anything like Sonic Pinball? I never played that one, so I don't know. Oh. <laughs> I do remember it was one of the few games for the Game Boy Color that had a Rumble Pack. Um, I think there were what four of those. Anyway, that's a different topic. <laughs> that was their pre-tester for the sixty-four. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Oh, but, is that for the the controller? Is that right? No, for the cartridge. For the game, uh, like game for Boy the color. actual Game Boy Color, like it was it a bubble a... pack that attached to the Game Boy Color. No, it was part of the cartridge. Oh, it was, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. that one. Um, Star Wars Pod Racing mm-hmm. and one of the Wario uh, Wario eh, Wario Wear games. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Explain a rumble pack for me because I'm, I'm I'm lost. It's got a, a weighted motor, and whenever the motor spins, it makes it feel like it, oh, okay. it's kind of two rumbles. All right. Yeah. So all right, I was okay. thinking of it correctly then. I never played Pokemon Pinball either. Um, I, I've only really mostly stuck with the mainline games and like Pokemon Stadium, and then a few of the other ones like Pokemon Go and uh, Legends Arceus that came out recently. But yeah. outside of those, I've always really just done the mainline games for the most part. Gotcha. Yeah. So it was funny, my sister and I actually got into the mainline games by sheer happenstance. So 
Leaving Cub Scouts, and I think I shared this on the Nostalgic Games episode. Mm-hmm. Leaving Boy Scouts, folks came to pick me up. As we're walking out of the parking lot, I noticed something on the ground. Yep. It is a yep. run over Pokemon, uh, Pokemon Red cartridge. And I think, I'm just thinking, yeah, just throw it out. And then I noticed, hang on, I've got a Game Boy. Wonder if it still works. Oh, hey! <laughs> <laughs> and my sister and I got hooked. Yep. Oh. Yep. I'm I'm holding a, a Game Boy pocket, pocket right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my biggest complaint with the Pokemon games is that Nintendo just refuses to like have that legacy game set up. And mm-hmm. so it's like without certain things, you don't have ability to get the older games. So it's like you either have to have an old console that still works mm-hmm. or you have to pirate it, which they don't want, obviously. Right. But they also won't sell the freaking game. So it's like, <laughs> we aren't going to give you the old games. We're not going to remake the old games, but don't pirate it. You you put me in a corner here. You yeah. made this choice. Yep. <laughs> it's hey. like they had re-released red, blue, yellow, and gold and silver on the 3DS for digital. And I was like, okay, cool. Maybe they're going to start doing this a little bit more. And then they like remade uh, Gen 3. So I was like, okay, they remade it instead of doing a re-release of the old one. Cool. I'm fine with that. And they just have done nothing. Yeah. Yep. No remasters nothing or anything. Nothing on the Switch. But, yeah. It's like they did a, another remake of Gen 4, but they changed it because it went from just the old school style to where it's like modern animation for the battles, but... In the open world, it's like Animal Crossing with the little like chibi looking type mm, characters. Yeah. So it's like it's it was fun to play through, but that's not going to be the one that you see at Pokemon Worlds for the tournaments. Every right? Year. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, I was about to say. I mean, they kind of did the same with um with the Let's Go uh, Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee. Yeah, that was the and closest... that was more of a crossover between Pokemon Go and the original series. Yeah. Yeah, and it was also like not the exact same setup because it was like. You never had the option of having an Eevee as your starter. True. And so it's like you you either start with an Eevee or you start with a Pikachu. And then it was more of a modded yellow. Po- yeah, basically. <laughs> well, let's face it. Eevee's freaking awesome. Oh, Eevee's <laughs> great. And I love all of the Eeveelutions. Like, they, they're all fun Pokemon. But All right. So let's switch gears here a little bit and talk about Pokemon Go. Because it was a... a thing that swept the nation for like <laughs> like a year and then it kind of like dwindled out oh, it's still very popular, it's still very, very popular. It's, what i'm saying is it's not in the news anymore well yeah because, but, yeah, because people done. aren't walking off of the edge of cliffs or into exactly. traffic exactly. <laughs> as i said the darwin awards are done <laughs> so what i'm Survival saying though, is like, fittest, we're still here <laughs> natural selection took care of the problem and the rest of us still play the game <laughs> nice (laughs) pokemon go like that's been an interesting one for sure it's like it it definitely like took off and had that craze and it seemed like it died down a little bit like it was still really popular but it wasn't heard it wasn't talked about nearly as much and then all of a sudden it just had this like resurgence where it took off again yeah yeah because like before before i met you guys like it kind of had gotten to that dwindle down point and then I met you guys, and then you guys were still playing. I'm like, okay, it must still be something. There was that a really long stretch where they didn't release anything new. So it was still a lot of the like first and a few of the second gen Pokemon, and then that was it. And there wasn't any really like new mechanics, and so it started to die down. And then Niantic was like, ooh, maybe we should. 
do something. Yeah, this game is dying. Yeah. <laughs> and then they just started rolling out each of the generations, and they went through like two or three generations really quickly. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, okay, now there's a ton of stuff to do. Now there's things to get that I hadn't gotten. That before. and also they enhanced the. There's actually a storyline now. It's not just a mm-hmm. hey, come re, uh, come recapture all these Pokemon you've caught how many other times before. Yeah. There's the storyline, there's the ability to do the raids, which they mm-hmm. had kind of toyed around with, but not in nearly to that extent before. Yeah. So is that something where you like go to a specific spot and there's like multiple mm-hmm. things there and so yeah, you get to so like, like capture as For more. example, there's a gym at the Palladium. Okay. And so we'll go there sometimes and they'll have like a raid going on and you'll like pull it up and it's like, all right, 19 people are already queued into the lobby for this <laughs> raid. Let me just go ahead and join. And right, join right. On that. Um, and then they have like the big community days where you can walk around to the gyms and do different battles and catch different Pokemon. And they'll like have a bunch of certain Pokemon spawning in the game for that community day. It's always like right. some sort of theme or something. Okay. And I have to admit, the way that they've actually can, uh, set up the, the random <coughs> Pokemon species spawning points mm-hmm. has at some at, at rare times mystified me. At other times, just made me laugh. Mm-hmm. Now, some some of it makes a lot of sense. Like, if you're around a body of water, be it a lake, creek, or an ocean, you're going to mostly catch water-based Pokemon. Oh, yeah. Awesome. You're in a colder climate. More ice. Yeah. So on and so forth. You're in a dormant volcano. Okay, you're getting a lot of fire types. Yeah. True story. Um, but in the middle of Texas, where none of that happens, they um, had the yeah, Tauros. The the, they had the Tauros pool Pokemon that spawned in Texas. Yeah, that's not not kidding. They actually had that. Yes, <laughs> and they had the kangaroo Pokemon Kangaskhan spawning in Australia for a long time. Yep. Nice and far fetched in Japan. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, so there are still some of those region locked Pokemon that you can occasionally get through a, an egg hatching mm-hmm. or community day event or a community day event. Now, there is something else I've noticed with a handful of Pokemon spawns. There, um, there are some where they actually dig into what the lore of that Pokemon is according to the Pokedex, mm-hmm. which is, it's just the made-up history of why this Pokemon is a thing, and it's usually ghost types. Okay. Yeah. Ghost um, types are always interesting. <laughs> ghost types are sometimes nightmare fuel, sometimes really, oh, oh <laughs> type of moments. Um, but one that I thought was absolutely hilarious, I got to experience this one at work the other day. So I play on, I occasionally play on my lunch break. So just going to caveat that there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I I knew guys that actually played during work. So (laughs) (laughs) present company excluded, um, (laughs) Or included. I don't care. Anyway. <laughs> I outperformed everyone in my department. I'm not concerned. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so there used to be a tree that uh, uh, pretty close to uh, uh, to one of the restaurants at work. Um, that tree got hit by a stump or by a wow. That tree got hit by lightning in a storm earlier this year, mm-hmm. and they had to remove the tree. That tree, if you stand where the stump was, while in game, you will get nothing but phantom spawning everywhere. It's a phantom stump. <laughs> so they're pretty creative with their spawn points. Yeah. Like, it's, it's pretty kind, funny. It's kind of funny because the studio that made this game had another game that was kind of a similar setup where they had like mm-hmm. random gyms Ingress. and spots and stuff spread out throughout the world. 
And so it's like there happens to be this one gem out in like the middle of the ocean. And if you happen to catch it when you're on a cruise going by that spot, you can get in the gym and you'll never be knocked out because who is going to go to the middle of the ocean and get it? Yeah, but what's the point other than, haha, mine's been in there the longest. It's just to say you were in that gym. It's like an exclusive gym that not everyone can be in. So, (laughs) okay. (laughs) Makes sense. (laughs) I, I would, I would think that they would put like a, uh, I think it was random like, like a, special Pokemon there or something that's like no, no. just because like they, they try to make it to where everyone has the ability to at some point in time gain access to the Pokemon right and so it's like even with those region exclusives like we were talking about earlier like Kangaskhan was only in Australia up until like last year or the year before mm-hmm. and then they did a big community day event where they're like all right all of the region exclusive pokemon are being flipped around and every pokemon that's not from your region you can access for okay. this weekend yeah for this one event community uh, day like once or twice a year they'll have a bigger community day event that'll usually go on for like the entire weekend saturday and sunday and it'll be several several hours over those two days whereas most of the community day events are like Two to four hours on mm. one day, depending on the event and like what's going on, what it's celebrating. Um, but they like had like an extended event over this past weekend for Pokemon Worlds and had like the the finals and everything going on. So like they had a longer event, kind of celebrating that. Uh, but yeah, like th- it, they always try to make it to where everyone can gain access to something mm-hmm. once it comes out, and it's like it's still somewhat RNG. Like you have to get into a raid that other people are in. They, you need to make sure that everyone beats it so that you can like get through it. And like everyone participates so you can get through it rather. And then it's kind of up to like the luck if you're going to catch it, you're not going to catch everything. And so it's, then it's like, crap, I missed this one. I've got to rush over to this raid and do it now. (laughs) (laughs) So do you guys do like a, like with Pokemon Go, do you guys have like battles and stuff between you two or just with... We've done a few battles, not very many, just because most of the time we just keep sending each other gifts until we get a lucky trade. And then it's like a guaranteed lucky Pokemon with boosted stats and like easier to yep. power up and whatnot. So mm-hmm. And usually, usually a special move set or a preferred move set or move combination. It doesn't usually change the moves on the lucky trade. If you happen to have a, a community day Pokemon... Mm. that the other person didn't catch then that you can gain access to those abilities through that but oh, like, okay it's it's really just to like make it cheaper to power up the pokemon and also make them it, it boosts their stats so like if i have a two-star pokemon we have a lucky trade and i trade it to david he has a much higher chance of getting a three-star nice right which that's the cap is three stars so gotcha that's pretty cool you that can do help. battles in pokemon go and they actually did a um Pokemon Battles or Pokemon Go Battles League, League for Pokemon Worlds. And so they actually had that world championship match where it's like you had six Pokemon, you can only take three into the battle. And so it's like your opponent knows which six you have and you know which six they have. Mm-hmm. It's just guessing like, okay, which three do I bring? Which three is going to have like the best chance against whatever they bring? Does anything have a great chance against whatever they bring? So mm-hmm. it's like that back and forth trying to figure it out. And they like, introduced this thing where the team rocket is on the game now and so if you catch a pokemon that a team rocket member had it's a shadow version of that pokemon so it's got higher attack but lower defenses and so it's that variation of like okay do i want the lower defenses for the higher attack do i purify them so that their attack goes down but their defense goes up like trying to figure out that balance and figure out like what the best variation is for your team nice yep it kind of reminds me of um uh marvel contest of champions where like 
you put together your team for this particular quest and then you bring like you there's certain ones where like certain maps you have to have um like uh, specific types of heroes to open up different things Mm -hmm. and then like there's also like um bonuses for um a particular type of hero against another type of hero or, Mm -hmm. or villain or whatever um it's Sounds similar. Like, it, it's similar to that, yeah. Like, and there's like the the um, <clears throat> typing advantages and disadvantages in Pokemon. So it's like figuring out what type works well with like psychic types are super effective against fighting types. Right, Fight, exactly. Fighting types can't hit ghost types, and ghost types are good against psychic types. So it's mm-hmm. like it's got some of that balancing. Yeah. Um, it just depends on, and it's it's also interesting in Pokemon Go because they don't have abilities in the mm. base Pokemon games. They have abilities, so you have to take some of those into consideration. Like, for example, Incineroar, like it's a fire dark type. It has a handful of weaknesses, but it has the ability intimidate. Anytime it gets switched into the field, it doesn't intimidate and lowers the opposing Pokemon's attack by one stage. And so it's like if you have that, you just keep cycling it in and out, and you just keep trying to like lower their stats. And potentially, if they have either can't switch out or don't have a way of raising their stats. It just gets to the point where they're doing like no damage because they're like negative however many stacks right, on their right. attack. So it's like they, they don't have the abilities in Pokemon Go and it works a little differently. Like in the base games, a fighting type attack will not hit a ghost type, period. Mm-hmm. Yep. In Pokemon Go, since they can't do it to that same detail, fighting type attacks will still hit ghost Pokemon, but it's You're like, not like do much reduced damage. damage. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. Um, and it's to the point where in uh, what's the other, uh, what's the other, it's technically a web browser thing where it's, it's, oh, you, it's a, it's a Pokemon league, but it's technically through a web browser. Oh, showdown. Showdown. Thank you. Yeah. Where you have some people on Pokemon showdown and you can catch them on YouTube fairly frequently where <clears throat> they've basically narrowed down the core mechanic of, of types mm-hmm. to multi-dimensional rock, paper, scissors. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's at that point, it's just statistics at play where they're building the most absurd teams and absolutely wrecking shop. Yeah. Mm. Um, like Showdown is really interesting because you don't have to go and collect the Pokemon like you do in the other games. They're just there. And you can either build a team of the chosen Pokemon that you specifically want and give them the movesets that they legally can get based on their stats and typing and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can just go into Rambats and just click start battle and you get a random six Pokemon. It's like, I have no idea what any of these do. Let's see how this goes. <laughs> uh, so like Showdown is an interesting one. A friend of mine, uh, Gabe, he does a lot of Showdown. And like he was at one point like really high in Rambats. Like I think he was like the top 50 or like something oh, like wow. that. Like, yeah. he, like he climbed very high up the ladder. And, and ram bats and like he so he knows his stuff like yeah. he's really good at the competitive side of things and he like he'll randomly it's just like oh that pokemon has base blank stat and it's like how do you know this <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like some people like they just have that nag for the random battles and just yeah to be able to remember those random stats and it's like oh i'm gonna live this ability because i know that this pokemon has base hp at this level and it's invested and it has this item and that attack does this damage so i'm fine yeah, and sure enough, they survive. It's like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
Yeah, there's there's no space in my brain for that that kind of stuff. <laughs> it's like I can remember things very specifically, but not that specific. <laughs> That's what makes the mainline Pokemon games so interesting with the competitive battles too. It's like there's people doing those calculations on the spot as they're oh, like planning out their next turn. It's like, all right, based on the stats that I gave my Pokemon and how hard they've been hitting on my other Pokemon, I should be able to live this health, live this attack within this range and be able to do this attack and like cycle out or whatever. And it's just like the things to think of and the strategies they come up with is just like the guy that won this year's Pokemon Worlds made it through the entire competition undefeated. Oof. Oh my gosh. He did not lose a single round. Wow. There was a few of the like best two out of threes that he lost one of the three matches mm-hmm. and then dominated the other two. But it's like he just has this grasp. His name is Eduardo. He's, he's just got this grasp on the Pokemon games. It's just like it's ridiculous. And he was so dominant yeah. the entire time. That's, That's crazy. It was just, it was crazy to watch. And it's like going into each of his matches, I was like, all right, is this person going to be able to do anything to him? And it's like, he gets to like, in the like final eight and top cut, which is like the semifinals, he like went through those two matches, top eight and top four without losing. And then just like winning two of the three and not losing a match. Mm -hmm. And then on the last round, he like lost the second round of the best two out of three. And then just dominated the third one. It's just like, jeez. <laughs> Dang. Oh, my gosh. I'm very interested to see, because they always, like, with all of the Pokemon games, you can always tell what type of Pokemon the company want to be used a lot in the competitive scene, because usually those will be the Pokemon that you can catch in the game fairly easily. Mm-hmm. Or they'll even, like, in some cases, spawn very early in the game. Yeah. So it's like with Sun and Moon, Smeargle was accessible very early in the game. It's like, oh, crap, Smeargle's going to be everywhere and competitive. (laughs) (laughs) This year, it was like, Grimmsnarl was this, like, fairy dark type. It looks awesome. It was very good Pokemon, but it's like, okay, that one's definitely going to be around because it's, like, a dark type with the prankster ability, meaning it moves first, and it has all of these setup moves to protect its team, like light screen and reflect and stuff like that. Mm. So it's like, okay, so it's a prankster. It's bulky. It hits hard. It's always going to move first with these setup moves. That's going to be on almost every team. (laughs) (laughs) And then you see the legendaries. It's like, okay, both of their attacks hit extra hard into Dynamax, which is like the big special ability for this generation. And everyone's going to have at least one Dynamax Pokemon on their team. That's definitely going to be present on most of the teams. Right, right. Yeah. So, yeah, like you said, it it kind of evens things out a bit where, Mm -hmm. like, not everybody get or Sorry, everybody gets at least a good, you know, starting character, and then yeah. everybody gets a, you know... <laughs> it's, like, it's Pokemon that you can easily get in the game, and like, there's always going to be those Pokemon that you would transfer over from old games uh, that you can use in the competitive scene, but there's like always like those in-game Pokemon that's like, oh, that's definitely going to be pro- relevant in this upcoming competitive season. <laughs> yeah, yep. I'm really curious to see what kind of changes they do with Scarlet and Violet. Just looking at the legendaries, like, based on just the previous games, I have a hunch that they're going to be really effective in this upcoming game. And they're changing the big mode. So it's like, previously we've had Mega Evolutions, then we had Z moves, and then we had Dynamaxing in this one. The next one is um, Terrestrializing or something like that. It's like they turn into this, like, crystal form. And it can change some of their typing. It changes the way that they interact with things, stuff like that. Um, 
And so that's going to be the next one. And it makes me wonder, are these two new legendaries either going to have a really strong terrestrialized form or are they going to be effective against terrestrialized forms like in Sword and Shield? So Right, right. It's always interesting to see what they do with that. Yeah. So the the new one you said is Scarlet and... Scarlet and Violet. Violet, okay. Mm-hmm. And that's coming out when? November 18th. Nice. Okay. Um, so... Just because I always got to ask, what what is one thing you're looking forward to in those games? And David, I'll ask you first, because Caleb, you've been talking a lot. <laughs> I, I've been talking so much this episode. That's fine. You know more about this. <laughs> um, at this point, I enjoy the games still, but I don't play them to the same extent that I used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mostly but I saw do you for, yeah, getting yeah. excited about it. So. Yeah, I still play mostly for uh, just the character design, mm-hmm. to be honest. Because at, at one point, there was a joke. I think it was... Um, Oh, I think it was during Sun and Moon where they were joking like, oh, hey, Pokemon designers are just walking through the house saying, oh, hey, Stapler, Staplermon. Um, <laughs> and, eventually, and then they turned it around and made some pretty awesome looking designs that mm. were more grounded, I guess you could say. They weren't mm-hmm. based on appliances. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, they were that, walking out into nature. And I think action. it was Gen 4 that had all of those, because it was like Rotom that could go into all of the appliances. That was there it. was Garboder, yep. which was a little, literal bag of garbage. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but uh, the character design and just the inventiveness of how they continue the series and build into the Pokédex. Mm. Um, but me being me, I also play for the Pokédex entries. So that background lore oh, is yeah. actually ghost types, um, which, yeah, mentioned it before. Um, <laughs> it's like with some of those ghost types, there's some just like some just... spooky stories. If you read through the decks, it's like, that's in a kid's game? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like Chandelure. Oh, <laughs> Chandelure. And um, oh, the, the balloon. The balloon. Uh, oh, uh, Bloom Plume. Yeah. Yep. A Drifloon. Sorry, you're right. The evolved yeah, one. It's, yep. Yeah, it's just there's some spooky stuff, man. Yeah. yeah, I mean that that even goes back to Gen One. Oh yeah, where and I think Drowsy they, and Hypno, Drowsy Hypno, and the other probably more prominent, I would argue, is um, Cubone. Mm-hmm. Cubone and Marowak. They're there's the entry. There's a reason why it's the lonely Pokemon. Yeah, mm. and the entry is one of those where it's like, oh, oh. Oh, it's like that's saying, the one with the, like the, the, skull. the skull for yeah. a head for the head. Yeah, right? it's like saying, I knew it. <laughs> like, the entry is like that Cubone is wearing the skull of its deceased mother, Marowak. Mother. Right, yeah. right, right, right. And so, whenever they evolve into a Mar- uh, Marowak, it's just that the skull of the mother is now infused onto the skull of the child that grew into it. Right, yeah. yeah. It's, it's one of those things where you're just sitting there like, that's. Ah, <laughs> it's dark. It's kind of sweet, but it's kind of gross. Yeah, yeah. It's like a hermit crab. Yeah, it's like a hermit crab, just with your own ancestors. <laughs> so you're looking forward to some of the designs. Yep. And the Pokedex entries. Yep. Anything else? I would say it's always kind of fun to see um, which which Pokemon are brought up most in the community. And it seems like this uh, for this current generation, we already have it. It's Fido. 
jeez. It's either Fido or Lechonk. Yes. I don't know which one it is, but both of them are getting so much attention. Yes. Is, and it's, the, is Fido a dog? Fido is, is a dog, dog made that's of made bread out products. of or bread products. Uh, like bread dough. Oh, and so its ears geez. are like look like doughy donuts just hanging oh, by it. Yeah, yes. I've seen that. Yeah. Okay. That's hilarious. Yep. And Lechonk is just a little pig that looks exhausted. And it's just named <laughs> Lechonk. Like, You're very, very, uh, uh, Oh, <laughs> uh, what's the word? On um, the nose. On the nose for our yeah. generation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I resemble that. Remark. No, no, I'm saying like the, the chunk thing is like something that our generation says a lot. That's oh, yeah. true. That's, yeah. yeah. And they know that it's like, while it is a kid's game, there's a massive adult audience that plays this game a lot. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Strictly out of nostalgia. Yeah. <laughs> and they're still Guilty. fun games. So. Oh, absolutely. All right. So uh, anything else you're looking forward to? That's basically it that's what i'm looking forward to the most um because i mean beyond that i i've kind of lost track of playing for the end game i'll still get the games probably because i mean this is a series that is by and large they know their audience and they've grown they have grown the product to fit the core audience the original audience but also they've kept it where it's basically the same so if you hand so if for example, I've, I've been debating with my sister and brother-in-law if, if I can let my nephew play. He, mm-hmm. Frankly, yeah, he's probably a little too young. Um, and I think my sister's going to beat me to the punch anyway. But <laughs> um, uh, it's one of those deals where if, if the parent has nostalgia for this series and they hand the hand a game to their kid, the kid's going to get pretty much the same mm-hmm. impression of the game that the parents had. Right, yeah. yeah. So it's it's one of those things where they've actually kept the core mechanics, the core idea and principle behind it to that point where, no, this is something that's, it's effective, it's lasting. Mm. It's generational. Exactly. Or it's it's not generational, I should say, because it, it lasts through the generations. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Nice. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I like that. It's pretty fun to see the younger generation pick up a Pokemon game for the first time and just see like how they interact with it. Like my sister <laughs> sent a video Same was of that, but... my nephew playing his first Pokemon game and just the like excitement and like the kicking and screaming and like as he's catching his first Pokemon. It's just like, oh, I remember <laughs> those days. You're raising them right. I'm so proud. <laughs> uh, it's it's just funny to watch and it's just like David said, just the fact that it's like it still appeals to our generation but then there's like you can just hand the game to a younger generation and they're going to be able to pick it up yeah so yeah that's it for me how about you caleb oh man i'm always excited to see the new designs of the pokemon that's always been something big and i'm I'm always interested to see which pokemon from that generation gets my attention the most Mm -hmm. just like there's always like one or two pokemon from every generation that i just absolutely fall in love with and it's like no that pokemon is going to be on the next team i build it's going to be part of my team when i'm playing the game um just like that excitement it's nine times out of ten it's a dragon type because mm. i love dragons and so, dragons all, all, so cool. all of the dragons in the game have a good design the new dragon that they've already shown i'm both excited and nervous about because it looks somewhat plain it mm. looks like kind of a a uh slightly toned down version of the legendaries and that it just looks like a lizard with a wheel in its tail or a wheel in its chest and that's kind of it yeah and so it's like is that the dragon like it's not a bad design and its ability looks like it's going to be one that is it it, it looks like it's going to be a competitive one Mm. because its ability is like shed tail so it can 
does shed tail, pops a substitute that takes the damage that's coming in and immediately switches out to another Pokemon and puts that Pokemon in your party behind that substitute that it just put up. Huh. And so it's something that I think is going to be used very heavily in this upcoming competitive season. Yeah. Like, it's, it's just too good of an ability. I'd be very surprised if it's not. Nice. Um, but it's design-wise, just is a little underwhelming, and I'm nervous that that's going to be the only dragon we get. Because mm. dragon is always my go-to. <laughs> um, and dragons have almost always been very rare in the series. Rare and powerful. Yes. Like, all dragons have a very high attack stat of some form. And if they don't have a high attack stat, they're bulky. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so it's like they're usually, like, all dragons in this game have had some sort of use. And, like, and the dragon types are pretty commonly used in the competitive scene, too. So it's like they're just for that reason good Pokemon. Yeah. And so it's like I'm worried that that's going to be the only one. If that's just a middle evolution and it evolves into something just absolutely monstrous. I'm here. Take yeah. my money. <laughs> no, I will uh, say that there have been a few dragons that were very underwhelming. Yeah. I uh, like Torterra and um, Drampa from oh, Sun yeah. and Moon. Like, yep. they were both kind of underwhelming. They had good stats, just design-wise. They weren't the best. Um, but, like, most... Like, I guess, really, the pseudos or semi-pseudos yep. were the big ones. Well, now, I will say that this is one where, up until recently... I was completely confused by what the Pokemon company was doing. Because in in Gen 1, there was one dragon type. Hmm. One. And it's not the one most people think of. Dragonite. It's Dragonite. Hmm. Whereas in the Pokedex entry for, for Charizard, which most people think of and more people know, yeah, it's this dragon-looking Pokemon. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, it's also what? like <laughs> Lance was the dragon expert. And he had, like, two Dragonite, a Dragonair, which is the pre-evolution of Dragonite, and then a Gyarados and a Charizard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> so the, like, the designs are the big one. Um, I'm very excited to see what they do with this open world concept in this new one, because that's a first for Pokemon. And so being able to explore the world and go to any gym in any order is very interesting. It's just, like, first in a main line. True, yeah. Because Leg- uh, Legends Arceus had it. Yeah, but that also didn't have gyms. That had a different concept. But it's like the first in the main line that's like completely open world. Go to any gym in any order you want. And it's also the first that is 100% online cooperative. So other people can like join your world and explore the open world and go into the raids with you and stuff. Which like they've had the ability to join raids with other players before. But it's like you had to go to the raid, activate it, set up the code, send the code to your friends and wait for them to join and hope someone else didn't guess the code. (laughs) Yep. So it's like this is the first time where it's like you can actually roam the free world with your friends. So it's very different. Um, I'm always interested to see what kind of designs they give for the characters too because like there's always a few characters that just have a great design. They, they've they been improving the ability to customize the appearance of your character in the games over the last few generations. So it's like, it's always fun to see what kind of random stuff you can do with that. And uh, just then again, the gym character designs are always really cool. There's always something fun with those. So so just a quick question, going back to what you were saying about the um, the open world part of things, is like, it almost sounds like it would be something that like a beginner player might want to get into mm-hmm. to play with their friends, but also like get to know the game a little bit more because yeah. you can explore a bit more outside of the. Yeah. And I do think this one actually would be a pretty solid one to get started in. Cause like 
like Sword and Shield was the closest to the open world mainline game that we had up to this point, but it was still somewhat linear. And that's like, go to this town, talk to these people, go through this exit and head over to this town, talk to these people, gem battle, follow this path to this gem. So it's like, it's like it was open world and that you had a large area that you could explore. But it was very linear. Yeah, yeah. So it was kind of like Final Fantasy thirteen. But uh, <laughs> ow. <laughs> but true. But this one, like, it might actually be a pretty solid one to get started on okay, because it's cool. going to be very open world. The ability to play with your friends that you couldn't really do to the same extent before. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, playing online, you have to have the online subscription service because every freaking console has an online subscription service now. So like that yeah. is the one hang up, but. You already have that on every other console, so like, yeah, it's it's not it's not like Nintendo's the only one doing it, um, but yeah. So those, um, and I'm very curious to see how the competitive scene shapes out. Mm. It's always interesting to see what happens with the competitive scene and which Pokemon stand out. Um, are they going to bring back old legendaries and those are going to be the big ones for this generation, or are the new generations going to be really good? Because occasionally it's like the new legendaries just don't do anything in the competitive scene, so. Mm-hmm. That's always something interesting to see. I think those are like the big ones that I'm looking forward to. Nice. Lechonk, I think, is going to be a part of my team regardless. <laughs> Even if he's not good, it's just Lechonk. Like, yeah. so, <laughs> such a great design. I love it. Yep. So I'm going to throw a, a one out to David. Oh, no. I, I won't be able to ask you this one because you're not familiar with it enough. So I want you to give me your favorite type, Pokemon type. and Haven't I said that already? <laughs> A couple well, times. Ghost types. Yeah. So, okay. Instead of that, give me your second favorite type and your favorite <laughs> ghost type. All right. Your favorite ghost type Pokemon. So, second favorite type, probably be fire types just because I almost always go for a fire starter. Um, we're played not intended. <laughs> um, but so well done. <laughs> yes. But favorite ghost type. Ugh. probably gonna have to go with um yeah if I, if I had to go i would have to go with either a litwick or a lampier uh, sh- yeah. Sham- uh, chandelier yeah chandelier chandelier is such a good pokemon and it has both of those types fire and ghost so yep. that fits yeah yep though i'll give you that i'll list off the typings to dan and see like which type interests you the most since you haven't played the fire. games Fire. <laughs> but go ahead, go I ahead. wasn't sure if it was like well, one that of those. Was so like <laughs> ground, rock, water, ice, flying, steel, dark, psychic, fairy, dragon, mm. fire, water, grass, poison, bug, electric. Can I give a couple <laughs> <laughs> that I would be mo- most interested in? Would be um, fire, mm-hmm. dragon, mm-hmm. um. Steel kind of sounds interesting. Um, and fighting. I don't know if I said fighting as well, but yeah. Yeah. Um, and there was one more right before steel, I think you said something. Um, flying, flying ice. That's what oh, I was flying. Okay. Yeah. Those, those sound like fun. <laughs> those are like usually a pretty solid core. Like you're either going to have a fire, water, grass core for a good team or a steel dragon fairy core yeah. for a team. And they so always, like, a lot a of Pokemon, <laughs> a lot of Pokemon have like a secondary typing, like with Chandelure that David pointed out, it's like ghost and fire. Mm. And so it has two different uh, types that it can be really effective in. So 
I can see those. I had a feeling Dragon would be on the list for sure. I'm a you. huge fan of dragons. <laughs> I was like, that's my personal favorite <laughs> typing. I love dragons. I have a dragon on every team I build, competitive or not. Like, there's always a dragon there, regardless. Yeah. So, like, I get that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, any any game that I play that, like, has any sort of dragon in it, I'm like, okay, this is amazing. <laughs> like, I, I used to play this game... Um, I think it was just called Lair on yeah. PlayStation. Yep. That was just flying around a dr- like a dragon with mm-hmm. the, fighting on, on dragons. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, this is so cool. <laughs> the only thing I didn't love about it was that it was the controller was actually like. It was gyroscopic. Yeah, it was gyroscopic. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was a little yeah. weird. I understood why they were doing it, but it was just like, yeah. <laughs> it kind of felt like one of those like gimmicky type things. Yeah, right? yeah exactly. Somewhat. Yeah. But I think if they remaster that one, which absolutely they should, <laughs> mm. they would have to add the option of let me have standard controls, please. Yeah. Yeah. Like basically if they made a dragon game that was that you could play like um, Ace Combat or something mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. that'd be stinking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> something that I've done a few times, I've like built, uh, like bred a bunch of dragon types. So I'd have a like bunch of like six dragons level one transfer them over to a new game and start a new game with just uh, just a full dragon team. I was like, let's see if I can beat the whole game with just, just dragon types. Nice. It's like they're weak to fairy and ice. And if it's a game that fairy type Pokemon are very prevalent in, it's like, ooh, I need to get some coverage moves on these to make sure I actually get through that gym and don't just get hard stopped. Right, yeah. Yep. Um, so that's always an interesting one. But like, dragon definitely makes sense for you. Fire, I can see as well. Flying... Is I'm little surprised by flying so to some extent. The the reasoning behind that is that I've always had a dream of flying. Like okay. like flying is the number one power I would have picked if I could have a superpower, pretty much. Like okay. I don't know why, it just I always wanted to feel that. Mm-hmm. But um yeah. So that okay. I, I don't know anything about the the type in Pokemon. Most so that's of the, the only flying thing. types are birds, or it's like a secondary typing for another Pokemon. Like Dragonite is a dragon flying type, right? So it's yeah. like and Salamence is a dragon flying type. So yeah, most of them are birds, or it's like a secondary typing on something else. But mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I mean, if there's well, there's yeah. a Lugia. That's true. Well, that's just a big bird, though. It's yeah, a weird-looking well, bird, yeah. but it is a bird. There you go. Yeah, fair. I mean, birds are cool. Uh, I mean, they can fly. So, <laughs> <laughs> and then like just thinking of real-life birds, like eagles and falcons and stuff like that. Like, and there are they're some stinking cool flying Pokemon that have some pretty cool designs. I think. Yeah, could, I think he would really Dartrix. enjoy Dartrix, <laughs> but I also think he would really enjoy uh, Pidgeot. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> not all, not entirely because your hair is similar to Pichon's. <laughs> well, that, that's why I was going with darker. <laughs> <laughs> we'll pull them up in, in a little bit. More, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For those of you who listen and uh, play Pokemon, I'm sure you can see it. So <laughs> you can see it in the logo. <laughs> Well, before we end today, we have a quick announcement. Uh, With the holidays coming up and a new baby on the way for me and my wife, uh, we'll be changing our episode release schedule to every other week for the foreseeable future. Uh, But don't worry, we've got some fun ideas coming in the near future, like on our next episode, we'll have a very special guest star who knows 
everything about our topic, Lord of the Rings. So look forward to that coming up. And as always, we love you guys, and thanks for listening. Pikachu!